Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of John, chapter 16. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. For those of you that have been with us, uh, just by show of hands, who has been with me since chapter 13? Chapter 13. Show of hands. Nice and high, nice and high, nice and high. Okay, good. All right, a show of hands. Who's been with me since chapter 1 of John? Oh, that's a good number of you. Then you know I told you that chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, and 17 are five chapters crammed into one night. Chapter 16 are the last things that Jesus would say to the disciples. Chapter 17, let me have your attention. Chapter 17, Jesus begins to speak to the Father. No other gospel, listen, no other gospel writer gives us as much detail as John gives us in these five chapters. One scholar said the amount of details given to us in regards to this one night, chapter 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, is one night. The amount of details given to us in regards to this one night, if they were given to every day, And every night in the previous three and a half years, it would fill 15 complete Bibles. There's so much given to us, John does, in this one night. Jesus has talked to us about loving one another and serving one another. Chapter 15, he talked about election. You didn't choose me, Jesus said, but I chose you. Chapter 15, Jesus talks so much about abiding in him and staying connected to him. If we abide in him, we'll bring forth fruit, more fruit, much fruit. We learn in these chapters that the world isn't your friend. The world hates you. Look at chapter 15 and verse 18. If the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. Look at verse 20. Jesus said of chapter 15, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they'll also persecute you. Y'all come on, keep up with me. John chapter 16, look at verse 1 and 2. Chapter 16, 1 and 2. Jesus told the disciples that they were going to be put out of the synagogues and they're going to kill you and think they're doing God a favor. Jesus told them these things so that they wouldn't be shocked when they happened. Look at verse 8 through 11. Jesus begins talking about the work of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said when the Spirit comes, he's going to take the world to court, and he's going to hand down a verdict of conviction. Look at verse 9. He will convict the world of Calvary Chapel. I need you to help me. He'll convict the world of what? Sin. Because why? They don't believe in Jesus. He's going to convict the world of what? Righteousness in verse 10. Because why? I go to the Father, and he's going to convict the world of what? Judgment. Why? Because the ruler of this world is judged. Remember I told you. The problem with the world is not because they're adulterers or fornicators or murderers or homosexuals or uh, pedophiles 
or liars or any of these other things. The problem with the world is their refusal to believe in the only provision and remedy for sin, and that's Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen? If you are a Christ rejecter, there remains no hope for your salvation. We call that the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Chapter 16 and verse 13, Jesus said the Holy Spirit will guide you in all truth. And the Spirit is going to tell you things to come. Things to come. He's going to lead you and teach you and guide you and tell you of things to come. We left off Jesus trying to illustrate how great the joy will be when he dies and resurrects from the grave. And remember, he was comparing it to a woman. Look at chapter 16, verse 20 and 21-ish. He was comparing that joy to a woman who gives birth. It's painful at first, but then there's joy. There's a joy that they will experience when he rises from the grave. Well, this morning we conclude chapter 16, and I've titled this sermon, Straight Talk. John chapter 16, saints, we pick up in verse 25. We got some straight talk from Jesus in verse 25. If you're looking at verse 25, I need you to say amen. Amen. Some of y'all ain't looking at it. Look at verse 25. If you look at verse 25, say amen. amen. These things, Jesus said, I have spoken to you in, underline this in your Bible, in figurative language. But the time is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figurative language, but I will tell you plainly about the Father. In that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father himself loves you. You might want to underline that. Because you have loved me and have believed that I came forth from God. I came forth from the Father and have come into the world. Again, I leave the world and I go to the Father. His disciples said to him, See, now you are speaking plainly and using no figurative speech. Now we are sure that you know all things and you have no need that anyone should question you. By this we believe that you came forth from God. And Jesus answered them in verse 31, Do you know, do you now, or do you now believe? Indeed, verse 32, the hour is coming, yes, has, has now come, that you'll be scattered, each to his own, and will leave me alone. And yet I am not alone. Why? Because the Father is with me. These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world, you're going to have what, saints? Uh-huh. But be of what? Good cheer. Be with me. I have overcome the world. Now, stop right there. Give me your attention. In the New Testament, you're going to find two words. Here, you need your pen. In the New Testament, you're going to find two words that are used concerning a veiled comment or veiled statement. Uh, you know that Jesus would often speak in parables. Uh, in the Bible, you'll find the parable of the sower, the parable of the mustard seed, the parable of the wheat and the tares, the parable of the lost sheep, the parable of the prodigal son, The word parable comes from two Greek words. Write this down. Para, P-A-R-A, means to alongside, and bole, or bolo, B-O-L-L-O, which means to throw. 
The word parable comes from two Greek words, para alongside and bolo, which means to throw. Jesus would throw one story alongside another to illustrate a truth. I like to say a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. The other New Testament word referring to a veiled statement is the Greek word paramia, paromia. Let me spell it for you. P-A-R-O-I-M-I-A, paramia. We have the word proverb. Uh, if you're reading the King James Version, Jesus said, I've spoken to you in a proverb. If you read the King James Version, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Does it say that? Jesus has spoken to you in a proverb, right? Yes, it does. Jesus spoke in parables. Jesus spoke in Proverbs. Jesus spoke figuratively. Jesus says, there's coming a time when I won't speak to you uh, figuratively. I won't speak to you in parables, and I won't speak to you in Proverbs. I'll speak to you plainly. Now, I think of Matthew chapter 13, verse 10 through 13. And the disciples came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables? Why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them it has not been given. For whoever has to him more will be given and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have even what he has will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables because seeing they do not see and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. Listen, Jesus told stories and parables for two reasons. Write this down. Number one, to reveal. Number two, to conceal to reveal and to conceal, to reveal the truth to the hungry heart and to conceal from those who had a hard heart. So a parable will awaken or harden. Jesus said this, there's a time coming that I won't speak to you fig- figuratively or in parables or in Proverbs, but I'm going to speak to you plainly. Now, in John chapter 20, verse 22, write that down, look it up in your own time. It tells us that Jesus breathed on them. Stay with me, saints. Jesus breathed on them to receive the Holy Spirit. Write this down, Luke 24, 45. He opened their understanding that they might comprehend the scriptures. Listen, Jesus breathes on them, and now they're filled with the Spirit, the Spirit of truth. When they received the Spirit, they were able to truly understand. You see, the disciples didn't understand many things that Jesus talked about until he breathed on them. Perhaps you're familiar with John chapter 14, where Jesus and his disciples are gathered in the upper room and Jesus is telling them, I'm going away to the Father and the way that you know and where I go, you know, and the way you know and how I go, you know. And, 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 and I, I get the picture that the disciples were all, you know, going, yes, 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 the way you know. You know, you know how you, when you look when somebody is saying something and you really don't understand it, but you don't want them to know that you don't understand it. And so you just kind of go, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the way that y'all look right now, actually. <laughs> look at each other and then you'll know exactly what I'm talking about. And, and so, and the disciples, Jesus going, the way you know, and the way I'm going, where I'm going, you know, and, and all the disciples going, yes, 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 yes. Well, it was Thomas. Thank God for Thomas. Thomas spoke up and said, Jesus, we don't know what you're talking about. 
And that's when Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. They didn't understand sometime. John chapter 2, Jesus said, destroy this temple, and in three days I'll rise again. Remember Jesus, they thought Jesus was talking about the temple, the building, but he was talking about the temple of his what, saints? His body, you know that. So many times Jesus would say something in people, even the disciples didn't understand. So Jesus in John 20 breathed the Holy Spirit on them and their eyes and their minds were open. And because of the indwelling of the Spirit, now they can understand spiritual things. How many of you know, without the Holy Spirit, it is impossible to understand spiritual things? How many of you know that? Don't you understand that this book, listen to me, this book is a spiritual book. This book is not like the New York Times bestseller. Somebody say amen. This book is not like uh, um, uh, uh, John Grisham. I don't know why he's the only author I know. Every time y'all know, every time I give an example, I go, John Grisham. Who else? Y'all don't even know. This book ain't like those authors on the New York Times bestselling list because those books are not living. Those were made by men. Those were written by men. This book, this Bible was Holy Spirit breathed. And because this book was Holy Spirit breathed, it takes the Holy Spirit in order to understand this Holy Spirit breathed book. Am I right about it, saints? It takes the Spirit of God to understand spiritual, spiritual things. And listen, if you are a non-believer, there is no possible way that you can understand the Bible, or put it this way, that you can understand the deep things of Scripture. For example, you can understand, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Everybody can understand that. But the deep things of God, you can't understand. The Bible says a natural man cannot understand the things of the Spirit. And I'm not making this up. Paul the Apostle said it in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in verse 14 through 16, Paul said, listen, but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they're spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet he himself is judged of no man. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of God. I love the living translation. Listen how living translation translate the same verse. First Corinthians two, fourteen through sixteen. But the man who isn't a Christian can't understand and can't accept these things, these thoughts from God, which the Holy Spirit teaches. They sound foolish to him, because only those who have the Holy Spirit within them can understand what the Holy Spirit means. Others just can't take it in. But the spiritual man, are y'all with me? The spiritual man has insight into everything, and that bothers and baffles the man of the world who can't understand him at all. How could he? For certainly he has never been one to know the Lord's thoughts or to discuss them with him or to move the hands of God by prayer. But strange as it seems, we Christians actually do have within us a portion of the very thoughts in the mind of Christ. I love that, don't you? I love that. I love that translation. The Bible is the only book ever, ever, ever written that cannot be understood with human wisdom. If you are not a Christian and filled with the Spirit of God, it is impossible to understand the deep things of God. And listen, the problem isn't intellectual inability. The problem is two things. 
Got a pen? Number one, the message of the cross is foolishness to him. First Corinthians chapter one, verse 18 says, for the message of the cross is full. Y'all come on, read it with me. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. To tell, listen, to tell a non-believer who has a sense of self-sufficiency that all of his achievements and all of his goodness and all the money that he gave Jerry's kids does not make him more acceptable in the sight of God, to tell him his array of human knowledge and all the education he has gathered means nothing to God. To tell the natural man that all their wisdom gathered through all the centuries, all their good works that they've done in the world, helping the poor and technological advances, to tell him all that is, is worthless in the sight of God is foolishness to him. It's nonsense to him. It makes no sense. It's ridiculous. That's the message of the cross. The message of the cross is Jesus satisfied the righteousness of God, and there's nothing that you can do to add to it or take away from it. Somebody say amen and clap your hands. Will you do that? Come on, clap your hands. Amen. Memory verse, Isaiah 64, 6. But we are all like an unclean thing, and all our righteousnesses are like what? Filthy rags. The unbeliever understands, the believer, pardon me, understands you can't work your way into salvation. You can't be good enough. You can't be smart enough. You can't be rich enough. You can't be cute or cuddly enough. You can't do enough good works to earn your way into heaven. We are accepted in the beloved because of what Christ has done. And for the believer, that's not foolishness. That's thankfulness. The natural man cannot comprehend spiritual things. Again, the problem isn't intellectual inability. The problem is you can't understand spiritual things without the Spirit of God. And the second reason you can't understand the Scriptures or spiritual things is this one word called access. Access. If you're not a believer, you're not a Christian, You've never given your life to Christ. You can read this book until you're blue in the face, but you don't have access. You don't have the Spirit of God living within you to be able to teach you and guide you into all truth. You see, when you're a Christian, you got the Spirit of God in you. So when you're reading this book that was written by God, it's almost like having the author of the book sitting right next to you. And when you don't understand something that you're reading, you, you just stop and you pray for a second and go, you know, Lord, what, what's that mean? Lord, what are you saying there? And the Spirit of God, can I get a witness? Somebody know what I'm talking about. The Spirit of God will open up that scripture and you'll go, oh, yeah, that's what God is saying. God will reveal those things to you. But if you don't know God, then you don't have access to the Spirit of God that he might lead you and teach you and guide you in all truth. Look at verse 26. Jesus said, in that day you will ask in my name. That day refers to what? Anybody know? The day of Pentecost, write it down. The day the Holy Spirit came. In that day, when they are filled with the Holy Spirit, in that day, Jesus said, I do not say to you that I shall pray the Father for you, for the Father loves you. These verses are critical. Jesus is saying, yes, you'll ask in my name. But after the Spirit comes, those prayers will be prayed directly to the Father and not to the Father and then through me. Now listen to me. My following comments, let me have your attention. Look at me. My following comments are not intended um, to be offensive. Uh, just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. 
I think of that show. I couldn't think of it all weekend. I asked for a service. I said, what, the, what is that show? Dragnet. Some of y'all don't even know what I'm talking about. Dragnet. That used to be the show. Y'all, my people are like, y'all remember Dragnet? That used to be my show. Just the facts, man. They knock on the door. Come to somebody who killed somebody. They go through. Just the facts, ma'am. Just the facts. I'm just giving you the facts. Not intended to be offensive at all. Many of you know I was raised Catholic for many, many years. And, and uh, my mom, um, um, you know, worked very hard. My mother worked in a freezer for 30 years, uh, packing hot dogs. She used to work for Ballpark Franks. You know the hot dogs that plump when you cook them? She, she used to work for that. And y'all know, I don't, Pastor Ryan don't eat no hot dog. Let me tell you something. People be like, we're going to have hot dogs and burgers. I'm like, no, you're going to have hot dogs and burgers. I don't eat hot dogs. If I never see another hot dog in my life, it'll be too soon. Because when we, we didn't have no food, we were fairly poor. My mother's single parent growing up, we were fairly poor. But she, would always, she could get hot dogs from work. So if we didn't have nothing in the refrigerator to eat, we had hot dogs and mayonnaise. I'm telling you, if I never see another hot dog in my life, I don't care if they're Hebrew nationals. And so my mom, she worked hard to put us through school. And I remember we used to leave to go to school in the morning. My mother would give us that check, $125 a month. I'd never forget it, for two. And that was a lot of money in those days. My mother would give you that money, give you that check, and she'd tell you, you take this check to the school front office and you give it to them. And that's what you did. I'm from the old school. If you do any other thing than just that, Gertrude will be on you. That's my mother's name, Gertrude. Y'all think, hey, who's Gertrude? Gertrude would be on you. Yeah, see, I'm from old school, y'all. I don't know what all these kids are doing nowadays and what these parents are doing, but I'm come from, my mother told you to do something, you do it. Okay? Nowadays, uh, well, we don't want to hurt this psyche. We don't want to hurt this psyche. I'm like, huh, let me tell you something. I say hurt this psyche. I tear that psyche up. I te- ooh, 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 ooh. ooh, get it, that psyche. I'm getting it, that psyche. I tear that psyche up. You do what you told to do. Let the parents say amen. amen. So we take that church, take that check to school. And, and I thank God for Catholic school. Honestly, I really do. And largely because I have good penmanship. Now, y'all know what penmanship Some of y'all are like, penmanship? What is, what is penmanship? That's an old school word for what, y'all? Handwriting. And anybody, you can always tell folk that went to Catholic school because they have good handwriting. They have good penmanship. You could be at Target, and they had to sign off on a little uh, receipt for the visa thing. Just look at the handwriting. You could almost say, well, what Catholic school you go to? You go to that same one Pastor Rodney went to? Because <laughs> you get good penmanship because those nurses, those nurses, those nuns, so, you no, know, you needed a nurse when they were done with you. That's what, that's what I was, that was prophetic. You needed a nurse. I'm telling you, they would come walking down the aisle. I'll never forget this. They, I don't know how they did it. They come walking down the aisles and, you know, they, they look like they didn't even walk. They just floated. They just, you know, they're coming. Ooh. I hear like music or something like it. And then, and if you weren't holding that pen just right, because they taught you how to hold that pen, that's why you have good penmanship. And if you wouldn't hold that pen just right, I don't know how they did it, but a ruler just came, pat! 
you like doing that, pat! You'd be like, and you say, tear them knuckles up. I don't know how they did it. I don't even know how, I don't even know where the ruler came from. She must, they must have had it like in a retractable thing. And then, and then she's just like walking and all of a sudden she just push a button like this and the ruler comes out, pap! And then it would just reach out. Go next time, pap! I mean, some, y'all know what I'm talking about. Tear them knuckles up. So I learned a lot of good things in Catholic school, and, and I honestly, I thank God for that, but I will also tell you that I learned a lot of things in Catholic school that just were not true, that just what the Bible didn't say. Now, for those of you that know me, you know I'm not anti-Catholic and I'm not pro-Protestant. I try to teach just what the Scripture says. Somebody say amen. And as a Catholic, I was taught many things that aren't spiritual and aren't scriptural. Pardon me. For example, I was taught that Mary is the great mother that she is favored above women. The Bible says she is favored among women, not above women. I was taught that Mary rose from the dead and ascended into heaven. This is called the assumption of Mary, that Mary didn't die, that she was assumed into heaven. Well, Jesus was assumed into heaven from Mount Mount of Olives, and they watched him go up. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch and Calvary Chapel Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.